0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Snapshot episode fifty. I'm Brennan Patrick, joined always by Marvel Snap Phenom Cam Best. Cam, how was your week in Marvel Snap off the back of what I think is Marvel Snap's biggest balance patch ever? Question mark. I can finally say that
1: I think Loki's not the best deck. Finally. Finally, we're there. I'm I'm very happy for that. And that's been the dominant theme of my week is oh my god, I'm so grateful uh thanksgiving came a little bit late but i'd like to give thanks that that chavez nerf hit loki more than any other deck in my yeah. opinion and i know there's going to be like four people out there who are like, what do you mean it hit modok worse uh that wasn't really a deck that was on my radar is all i can say about that
0: yeah the the chavez rework was significant to say the least and it's mm-hmm. uh, we actually have a pretty interesting question in the ben is snap section regarding that and how it affects combo decks, decks that were looking to be consistent on the early turns, etc. But I think, yeah, Second Dinner's main motivation behind that, I'm assuming, is because... I mean, what's funny about Chavez is like we're here now. Chavez has, has been reworked, but I think even if we, you know, even if we went back to one two weeks ago, there was probably still people who think that card sucks because Chavez was a debate in Marvel Snap for a long time. It's like, do you include it in your deck? Do you not? Is deck thinning good? Does it actually do anything? Is the math good? And I know both you and I were in this. were kind of in the party of yes, the deck is or the card is very very good. Third. I remember when I went to a dual deck format in the Marvel Snap Creator Clash and. In in the UK, the biggest, honestly, the biggest decision I was making is which deck do I put Chavez in? It wasn't like, Mm -hmm. what's the high Evo deck? What's the ramp deck? You know, which one's the bounce? It was literally like, both of these decks want Chavez. Every single deck in the game wants Chavez. Uh, Which one do I put it in? So, yeah, quite the rework there. Um, And yeah, Loki getting, I know a lot of people you know need some people at least their knee-jerk reaction to this patch was oh my god loki wasn't reworked like is loki still going to be here is it still going to be dominant why have we not seen this card absolutely nerfed into the ground but like you said you think this hit loki enough to where it's no longer the best deck anymore i I think it's still going to be around Mm -hmm.
1: but i think especially now that people aren't forced to play it we'll see like a pretty significant collapse in representation for at least a little bit right Where like people before, if you wanted to be competitive, you were playing the deck, right? And now that there's legitimately other options that are legitimately better, I can see people just being like, oh, thank God I don't have to play this crap anymore. I'm good. I'll play something else for a while. And I think that might actually depress Loki in terms of play rate below where it should be.
0: Mm. Yeah. And one of the interesting things about Loki, I mean, we talk about cards in Marvel Snap that take over a meta and are very popular and very dominant. There's also the secondary effect where it's like, you, you ask the question of how many decks are they forcing out of the meta game? Like how many decks are they actually suppressing? I feel like Loki was one of those decks that was sort of a, I don't know, a big, uh, what would you call it? Uh, Oppressive I, force. Exactly. So it was a big, I mean, he definitely did that to quite an extent. Like he was hit holding mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of decks back. Um, while taking up that number one spot or at least being a very very popular archetype so with loki maybe not being as represented in the meta we'll see other decks have room to come back into the metagame which is really really cool all right so first off to start off the news obviously we had the patch but i want to say in regards to last week's episode we had a spotify bug and, and it was due to <laughs> everybody's <laughs> like where's the episode spotify-? okay hold on hold on hold on you say spotify bug would you like to tell me what it was Well, basically how it started was we use an aggregator called Podbean. So we go through Podbean to post to all pod platforms. And because of that, we actually don't have like a specific account on Spotify. It just gets run through our Google account, which is via the aggregator. So what happened is I originally uploaded to the aggregator, (coughs) our main pod platform, just our intro. So people queued up the episode, episode 49. It was just the intro music, which was probably- Snazzy yeah a little snazzy little beat yeah that didn't last too long so it's promptly changed and then we had a sort of a cascading uh some cascading issues one being that most people were cached so they were although it was updated they were still getting the intro music and Mm. also that uh yeah it didn't re-upload to spotify just deleted off spotify because we don't have that uh sort of direct integration to spotify couldn't re-upload there so to anybody asking no we're not done uploading on Spotify. We don't have any issues with Spotify. We'll be back onto that uh, onto that platform this week. But um, yeah, just a little bit of a of a bug on our end because yeah, I'm I didn't. Sorry, run.
1: is an eight second
0: podcast not enough for you? It's actually eleven. Come seconds. Come on, it was eleven
1: seconds. That that's 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 almost <laughs> that's almost fifty percent more. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, there was plenty of comments. People were messaging me like, "Hey, is it is it intentional that the podcast is supposed to be eleven seconds this week?" I was like, "Yes. <laughs> yep." Yeah. Enjoy. Um, All right, we're making an artistic choice. Outside of that, Sebastian Snow released this week three four and says Sebastian what Snow is it Shaw? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I (laughs) I honestly I Rodenberg needed it there because I wrote some for some reason I wrote Snow in here, but it is Shaw. Uh, So three four and says when this card when this card permanently gains power gain plus two more uh, plus two more power wherever this is. Just want to get your thoughts after being able to experiment a bit with the card where it lands in terms of power level.
1: All right, so maybe I'm going too far with this, but I'm pretty sure he sucks. Hmm. I, on the one hand, I'm very grateful that they finally made a season pass card that sucks. Like, that's the last three season passes we've released, they've released, have been among the five best cards in the game. One of them, perhaps the best card in the history of the game and not the one you're thinking of. Uh, For the record, the one I'm thinking of is the best card in the history of the game is pre-nerf Elsa, not Loki. That one... That one might just straight up be the best card they've ever made. Uh and Loki's definitely up there, but like pre-nerf Elsa is like like I don't think one of the things I, I I don't think people get, I know I'm on a tangent here, but one of the things I don't think people get about how Loki existed in the Elsa meta was that Loki's role in the deck was just to get you a second Elsa. <laughs> like that's that's what he was doing. Like it, it was literally just like we're an Elsa deck, and then sometimes we get their Elsa to de- Elsa in mirrors, and then we like absolutely just dominate, right? Yeah. As far as Sebastian Shaw, he's very far below that level. I would say he's like at best Dakin, and maybe worse. Right? Like that, and that's good, honestly. <laughs> like I, I wish there we were able to get more somewhere in the middle of Dakin and, and and this, right? But I'll take Dakin's over Loki's. I think for a little bit now.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's interesting the dichotomy between. Uh Powerful season pass cards, middling season pass cards, and underpowered season pass cards. I remember we went through a little bit of a stretch there. Where a couple of the season pass cards didn't exactly hit, and we're like, mm. I I know I was in the uh, I sort of aired on the side of I'd rather the season pass card be more powerful rather than less because it's sort of the marquee card for the month. It sets the tone. How'd that, how'd that go for you? Not great, but it's also relatively. I think it's reasonable to acquire if you are willing. If you are not a whale spender, but I don't know what they call under whale dolphin. Um,
1: no, like it's the most reasonable card to acquire, and yeah. so pumping it power wise is like, yeah, okay, I get it. It's like technically a pro-consumer move in the sense that you are giving them something very strong for a lot less money than it would take to get something else. But at the same
0: time, it is hard paywalled, whereas other cards are not necessarily hard paywalled. Yeah, true. Um, Yeah, I think I would still err on the side of, uh, even, even with the release of Sebastian Shaw, I would err on the side that I would like it to be powerful, but maybe not overpowered and oppressive like uh Elsa Loki were for quite a bit there.
1: So I just think like when you go through the entirety of Marvel Snap, the amount of cards that I think would be good season pass cards is actually very few. Like the ones that come to mind are things like, okay, X23, Modoc. Uh those are good, strong season pass cards. I think that if they release something like Iron Ladder Jeff in a season pass, that would yeah. be fine. Oh, yeah. uh, I think maybe like not or release versions of those. They were just like the best things you could be doing, but current state Iron Ladder. Jeff could be fine at a season pass. Uh, But I I think it's like a very fine line. Like these are cards that have skirted the line of being too strong for a while now. Mm -hmm. Like, and and so I think when you aim high, you're going to aim too high some of the time. And I understand that that will happen. And uh, yeah, I think that that's actually just like a very solid. A very, a very admirable goal that when you whiff too high too many times in a row becomes like okay please stop <laughs> like, that's yeah. that's pretty much where my head is at with it
0: all right well with the release of sebastian we do have a new season and with a new season means a uh, another mistake regarding mmr normalization uh do you want to talk a little bit about what happened <laughs>
1: Yeah, so they just, like, didn't reset a bunch of people. Like, last time it was, like, two people. and It was like, <laughs> okay, like, we brought it to their attention. They were like, all right, we got it. We'll fix it, right? And and then this season, like, it happened, like, apparently it was, like, a different thing, and it happened to, like, 50 people. And so, like, half the top 50 was just dudes that didn't get reset. And it's just like, what is the point of a ladder <laughs> that's like this? And then they reset it, but in so doing, they, like, so as I understand it, And I don't like this is I want to be 100% clear. This is me from the outside looking in. Like, this is not sourced. This is not a leak. This is none of that. This is me guessing. This is like this is my your official warning that I'm talking out of my ass. But it looks like people got renormalized based on their MMR and that MMR is different from SP in the sense that SP works a lot, uh, is it, meant to be month to month and MMR is like a more internal rating, right? So, I think what happened is basically that the trend that I noticed is people that only started climbing a bunch recently got renormed a bit further down than I would expect. Mm. Uh, that is that is something that I noticed, and I am a little bit sad about that, but I think like it. <sighs> I'm happy they solved the issue of the bladder being completely busted. I'm sad that they solved it in such a way that it is not a 100% equitable and perfect solution. Rather, it is something close to like a 75% maybe good. Like, it's better. It's a good thing they did it. Uh, I just wish it never happened in the first place.
0: Yeah. You know, makes like, me I just like
1: I, I, I know they wish that, too, because like, come on, how could they not <laughs>
0: like yeah, definitely uh, less relevant than it is now because there's a leaderboard. It makes me wonder if this was actually going on beforehand regarding MMR. And we just never year. noticed? Yeah, because there were, I mean, Maybe. you were, so players like yourself and some other players were like turbo stuck in bot elo just infinitely throughout the seasons. Yeah. And then, you know, some other, like it led to this asymmetric climb where some people would climb with monobots and some people would climb with like, Mo- not mono but they would just play the same 15 players and then some people would get like a, you know, vastly different ladder experiences so I was just wondering if this has been going on for a long time but we finally see well, it on the surface
1: I, th- I think I want to clarify something right because like one of the things I see people complain about is like someone who someone will come in and they'll be like oh well I start at 7,000 and that makes me not want to climb to 9,000 SP or whatever right like and that's just not fair and everyone should start at the same spot and it's like I don't I think we have too many examples of people who were like 2000 points below the top end climbing to the top end for me to feel like that's anything but cope. Mm. Like I know Dexter started out very low. I know Dara started out very low and both of them got them like climbed all the way up to the 200 and Dara especially has climbed up to like mm. the top 10 before. Right. Like I am fairly certain I get how it can be demoralizing, but also it is far from impossible because you are playing against weaker players if you're that much better than the people that you think, right? Like I I obviously I wish the system could magically tell how good you were and put you where you deserve all the time, but sometimes, you know, improvement happens over time and sometimes things aren't perfect and I wish they were. Yeah. Uh I just think that like I get a lot of people who are not good enough to cut it at the top level, saying that the reason that they're not even trying to cut it at the top level is because the system is broken.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that, that I don't I don't don't think that's why every every aspect of gaming life, et cetera. People go, oh, if I just had the time, I would obviously be there. Oh, if I just put in the work, I would obviously be there. And it's like at the end of the day. Whether that statement is ultimately valid, it's actually completely irrelevant because you're not, and it's not happening. And it's just like, it's a weird thing that people say, and they say it in all aspects, where it's, whether it's sports, work, other video games, it's like, oh, well, that person plays all the time. If I did that, I would obviously be there. And it's like, no, <laughs> uh, it's just a weird little cope. One thing that I wish they would do, it's kind of a tangent to what you said, is that I kind of wish there were... Sort of different uh, milestones to hit post infinite because right now it does feel like you either get very very high on the leaderboard or you know you set a self goal for yourself where it's like I want to yeah. be top five hundred, I want to be top oh, one thousand. Oh, I'm sorry, I just got reminded of
1: something. I did see one guy mm-hmm. who climbed from like seven thousand up to like nine thousand and then got reset like minus nineteen hundred sp, and that seems insane to me. <laughs> I'll just I'll just throw that out. Like if that's happening to you. That you're not who I'm talking about. That yeah. is actually, that seems, like, ridiculous to me. Uh, I think most of what I'm getting at is, like, there are definitely edge cases in which I think unfair things are happening, but I think for the vast majority of people, uh, your rank is roughly reflective of how good you are. Mm-hmm. At, le- at least in it is more reflective than it is not reflective for most yeah. people.
0: I, For me, one thing I, I kind of wish they would implement is some sort of... Um, Not tiered rewards, but tiered sort of aspirational milestones on the. You should Um, get rewarded for climbing 500 SP in a season. Yeah, or being I don't know if it's SP, but it's like top 500, top
1: 1000. Like, I don't think they should do that. Yeah, I think they should give you rewards based on your starting position and how well you climb after. Because mm-hmm. I think doing like, you know, top 100, top 1,000, like that opens it up to like, OK, well, what if they just fuck it up again? Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, what they, they, they got to fix that first
0: and foremost. I right. Think. But like what they
1: should do is give you rewards for improving on yourself. If you climb like 500 SP, you should get some shit regardless
0: of where you started from. Mm, yeah, I guess that the rewards are ultimately not that relevant. I just wonder if that system would be able to be yeah. manipulated in a way. It's supposed like if people want to game the system, let I, them yeah, let them get the sure. Get the
1: I'm sure it would, but like they do that with boosters too, right? Like the Agatha Farmers and all that. Like, yeah, just because something you just cause you can manipulate something doesn't mean you shouldn't give it to people.
0: Shit. Yeah. I mean, I think regardless, the inf- the post infinite climb should have some more sort of feedback to it. You know, something that mm. players can engage with and do outside of the sort of the the meta like there's like this weird meta that happens outside of it where it's like you're climbing the leaderboard for social recognition your personal goal social recognition it's actually <laughs> for clout baby but it's it's nothing that's actually represented in game unless you're yeah on the top 10 or top one of the leaderboard it's uh yeah it's this weird kind of meta that goes outside of the game but they could they could have incentivization inside the game um that made it sort of more rewarding to climb post infinite anyway all right. So like we said, the patch, uh, what, one of the big things that came with the patch is the deck builder um, or the sort of, yeah, I think they call it the deck builder. Basically, you can put it in a card and it will auto populate your deck. This is something that exists in Hearthstone. I remember when we had, uh, we had somebody on this podcast. I can't remember who the guest was exactly, but they spoke about, I think it was Dara. They spoke about this feature a long, long time ago. Like Marvel Snap absolutely knew this, needs this. Well, it has it. Um, Kim, what has been your experience with the, the new deck builder? Have you been using it at all?
1: First of all, I call it Jarvis. And second of all, it built the deck that I put at number one on the tier list today. Ha! Not even joking. Like, I didn't think of it. Uh, I I just threw Werewolf and Darkhawk in there, and it cooked me up a hybrid Darkhawk and list. And I played it, and I was like, this is awesome. I made a video, and I showed it to, like, the people that I, I play with for a while. And, like, yo, Woody is like, yo, this is awesome. This thing farms. Big Baby, Oteon, Tanjo, all of them are just like, holy shit. (laughs) Uh, It's it's probably the best deck in the game right now. And I would not have come up with it if I didn't slap two cards in the deck builder. (laughs) And it makes perfect sense, right? Like, that's the thing. Like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, this is actually really clever because we don't have Charvez anymore. So we need cards that we want to be drawing on. Like, there's a lot of good reasons for it uh I, Frankly, I kind of think it was like a you know one in a million shot. The deck builder actually got it right. It was just uh you know you know monkeys and typewriters. But hey, it did. So shout out yeah. to the deck builder, right? I mean, that, I that's, that's like quite the dim-
0: endorsement, to be honest. You slap two cards. I mean, cards to be clear, head.
1: every other time I've tried the deck builder, it's it's been like complete garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I spent like an hour messing with it. And what I arrived at was, OK, so like then this, I think, came from a video by Educated Collins. I didn't watch the video, but someone mentioned it in my chat. So I do want to provide proper attribution there. When you put like two cards in the a, in a deck builder, it'll be like, OK, which one of these cards is better? And then it'll build around that. Mm. And so what will happen is it will like I put uh, Thanos and Vision in there and guess what it gave me?
0: to give you. Guess. No.
1: Guess. Give me a guess. Thanos and Vision. Come on. No chance. No chance. Okay. Give me Shuri, but just Thanos was in there. Okay. It just gave me like the best Vision deck. Didn't actually look at both cards. It was just like, oh well, I'm gonna well build around Vision. How bad could it be that one other card is in there, right? And Thanos is actually the exact wrong card to do that with. Mm. Uh, there's definitely like some some robot issues with uh with it definitely some robo robo problems that you would expect it to have uh people like calling it ai and frankly i don't think most of the shit people call ai in real life is ai well yeah it's not AI. it's it's
0: just using clusters of data right like yeah yeah
1: but like even if like what i'm saying is This is less advanced than even something like a large learning model, right? Yeah. Which is like what people call AI in real life and definitely is not actually artificial intelligence. It's something very different. Mm. And I think that like to call this AI is an insult to both of those things. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, to uh, to follow in your suit and also speak out of my butt. Um, i do wonder if this model does have a learning aspect to it because i know i'm assuming that what it's doing is just pulling on clusters of data and cards that are played together win rates etc but does it now learn from itself now that these decks are you know the decks that it creates you know re-evaluates well yes
1: like like it pulls from live data yeah i just think that like one of the things i wish i could do is parse and split where that live data is getting pulled from Mm. It's also something that I think is a weakness in like the way Second Dinner does data analysis is they don't have enough like splits looking at exactly the top level of play. And that's where I would want it to be pulling the data from for me. Right. And I wish I could tell it that another thing I wish I could tell the deck is don't play this card. Mm -hmm. I want I want to be able to be like, don't play this and then build me a deck. Right. Like give me a vision deck that isn't Shuri. And I think that would be super cool if they could add a feature like that.
0: Yeah, I when I talk about it learning, I am wonder if it, it it evaluates the decks that it has built and then sort of re-, no, re- relearns from it. It just process. pulls data. Yeah, exactly. Like like no, it doesn't it
1: doesn't have the capability to like understand why the data changes. It just knows that it
0: did. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a good feature nonetheless. I mean, especially for casual players and players, maybe you acquire like a, a new series four series five card, even new series three card. And you want to, you want to play with it in your limited collection. This could help a lot. I'm actually, do you have any, have you heard any stories from people using this in a more limited collection, collection scenario and whether it works as well?
1: Not particularly because that's where it should shine. Uh, right?
0: Like that's what I, I think
1: that's where it matters. One of the weird things that I, I, I think is interesting is I, one of the things I wonder about the deck builder is the data that it pulls. Is it server locked? Because mm. I've noticed like different combinations happening for different people with similar collection levels. And I wonder if maybe it's pulling from server wide data as opposed to global data.
0: That would be and bizarre. that's the thing that
1: I, <laughs> that's the thing that I've thought about I've also thought about I wonder if it understands like to pull different decks based on different like I wonder if it does look at rank right what if it like looks at me and it's like okay you're you know infinite here's a deck with these cards that's good at infinite right? As opposed to, like, you're, you know, 70. Here's a deck with these cards that good at 70. I wonder if it does that. I have no idea. There's a bunch of stuff I want to know about it that I currently do not.
0: The funny thing is, if we actually knew the answer to all these questions, we would get a lot of insight into how Second Dinner evaluates its own metagame, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fascinating. Anyway, let's get on to these cards. We got a lot to go through. I'm going to get your takes on all of them. First one is America Chavez. We talked about it a little bit, but it, it was a 6-9. It used to say, starts on the bottom of your deck. Draw this on turn 6. This is effectively a deck-thinning card. Um, it is now a 2-3, two, two, and it says, on reveal, top card of your deck gets plus 2 power. So this is a m- complete rework. Um, the card is absolutely different. Uh, what do you think of the new America Chavez? Uh, she's lower. Of course she's worse, but what is this? What? what do you think about this new card? I mean, of course she's worse.
1: Uh, I, she's pretty mid. New, yeah. new Chava's pretty mid. Like, I played her in some Sebastian Shaw stuff, and she kind of makes sense there. But, like, you know, she's cool with Brood. Uh, but ultimately, I'm not sure that stuff has a lot of staying power. Still, though, I do think, like, Chava's into Brood. Like, she probably goes in Brood decks. Uh, I, I think that's, that's, like, the thing that I learned, but I'm not sure how many Brood decks there are. One of the things I think people forget about the Brood Abs deck and also the Move deck is that they existed in the context of the Dark Hawk deck when the Dark Hawk deck was very reliant on Shang-Chi and Enchantress by blanking those cards, right? And the current Darkhawk decks we have are not running those cards at all. They're not blanking those cards at all. Instead, the major tech card the Darkhawk decks are running is Shadow King, which is great against both of those decks, right? <laughs> like I think I think one of the things people do that is a mistake is when a metagame changer like Loki starts to cycle downwards, they're like, what was good before this? But so much has changed about the context of what made those decks good before this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, uh, yeah, Chavez into Brutus is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good play.
0: Yeah, I mean the the stat line on America. I mean, obviously, if you hit off The stat line is insane. But do you think it would be fair to call this a two five? Because I think it's kind of not fair. It's not exactly. It's a little less than a two five. Yeah, yeah not exactly a two five. But yeah, I mean, it's it, this is a absolute complete rework. The card is mm-hmm. almost nothing similar to what it was before, and doesn't doesn't serve do the we can we get
1: like, do we get like the rights to a cover of My Heart Will Go On and play that over this as a joke.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll get to the questions regarding this, like how this uh, affects the metagame moving forward, because I do think it is somewhat significant uh for mm-hmm. decks that would utilize this card. Anyway, the next one is Alioth. It was a six three and it said on reveal, destroy all enemy cards uh played here this turn. It is now six two and it says on reveal, destroy all unrevealed enemy cards. So you can no longer destroy revealed enemy cards. Uh, do you think that this is going to fix the issues that the general community has with alioth and is this uh, too much of a nerf in your opinion
1: oh uh, i don't think it's too much of a nerf first of all uh this dumbass card and i'm glad the counterplay is here now
0: uh I, I think
1: alioth is honestly still probably playable i just think that like now you're paying a significant cost but honestly i think the most impactful change that they made to him was just making him a mm mm-hmm. mhm should be like, hey, man, at that, that point of power, that's going away, too. I think if they kept it a 6-3 at this, like, it might still just be, like, totally fine. And I think at 6-2, you have to start really questioning, like, all right, is there another card I could run that's just as good here?
0: Like, yeah.
1: you really start wondering about things like, you know, Magento.
0: It's, uh, it's interesting that Alioth existed as long as it did doing what it did, because, I mean, they've nerfed every other card that, had this sort of effect maybe not mm-hmm. exactly the type of effect or it was destroying the cards but any sort of card that you had on turn six that was this like pseudo lock i guess where it was just like okay checkmate if you play into this you automatically lose i have this sort of trump card at the end and alioth very much was that and it i guess yep. yeah we've like, had a lot of cards like that in the past and they've all gotten nerfed we sure have yeah and they're all gone so alioth is now is now with them i mean it's still a playable I mean, card i, like you I said. think it's still the most playable of them probably. For sure. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is, but now you have counterplay against it. I mean, at least with Correct. your priority and stuff like that, but yep. um, anyway. On to Luke Cage, was a 2-2 said, ongoing, your cards can't have their power reduced. It is now 2-3, and it says ongoing, your cards here can't have their power reduced, so only re- applies to the location where Luke Cage uh,
1: currently so, is. So, I think this one's a really fun one because, mostly, not because of the change because, you know, I liked running Luke Cage, but remember when Mobius came out and people were like, what? This is universal. Like, oh, my God. Uh, and, then, and then other people were like, well, if they released armor, it would it would everyone would complain about armor now. And it's like, no, dude, armor affects one lane. Mobius and Luke Cage are universal. And like, that's actually like something they have like. It seems like that complaint made it to second dinner. Right. And second dinner was like, you know what? That That's a good point. Let's not make this universal anymore. Our bad like are bad on that. That that that's on us. And uh, yeah, I, I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't hate it, but Mm. it is like a very big buff to Shadow King, which was already the best tech card in the game.
0: Well, Well, (laughs) I mean, in response, they did also nerf. (coughs) Nerf. They made it a two, two. I don't give a fuck.
1: Like (laughs) I, they, they, like, I would have traded one point of power on Shadow King for never getting loot caged ever any
0: day of the week. 1,000%. I mean, Shadow King... I mean, Shadow King is such an interesting card uh, in the Marvel Snap metagame. I honestly thought it was playable at 3-3, and I I mean, in the right metagame. You were wrong,
1: that's okay. No, it was. It was. In the right metagame. No, wait, I've
0: I've gone through my 2 as a superpower thing with you, right? (laughs) Yeah, for sure, because you can be be played on 5. No,
1: but like a 2, actually, it's such a fucking superpower. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. It it is so absolutely insane to be a 2-cost card that can win a lane. There's no other of those. Name me one other two cost card that wins a lane on its own. None right now. They come to mind. None. Zero. He's the only one. <laughs> like he, that is that is the that guy is the man. <laughs> like he is he's got gas in the tank and money
0: in the bank. <laughs> like he is he is the man. Yeah. Well, he is now a two-two, but I don't think that's gonna have too much of an effect on. Sort of his play rate. Anyway, Elsa Bloodstone God, him. was a 2-2, two, two, said if you play another card to fill a location, give it plus two power. It is now 2-3. It This is after you play a card that fills this location, give it plus two power. What I is? don't get this. I don't, I don't get it. I don't
1: understand it at all. I, that's my entire statement. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know what they're cooking here. <sighs> I mean, talk a little bit more about it. You think it's do you think it's a uh, buff? Do you think it's a nerf? I, no, mean- I
1: think it sucks. Like. Elsa, full build Elsa decks already weren't seeing play, mm-hmm. right? Like decks that were like full build Elsa and they mostly weren't seeing play because Werewolf was doing what Elsa did, but better, right? Uh, full build Elsa decks means like, you know, the kitty, Jeff, Vision, that all that stuff, right? It's not that bad. It's still a thing you can do. It's just like, you know, when you're doing stats like that, Werewolf is going to do it better. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, Elsa was on a significant downswing in terms of like, you know, I barely ever played against it. It was just not a very common thing, right? And I think that the issue that Elsa had was that, and this is a very common issue, actually. Only the best stat stick ever sees play. Mm -hmm. This is like something that has always been true. And there are. There is always a lot of competition for what the best stat stick is. Mm -hmm. And only the best one is ever going to see play. Yep. And I think they're trying to figure out how to give Elsa a role that isn't just stat stick. And so far, I don't think they've accomplished that. But. But. Who the hell knows? Like, I just I don't I don't get it. I don't get why they why they cook this up. If they wanted to make her good again, slap that plus three back on her and see what happens with her and werewolf. Because mm-hmm. I think she'd take the dub. But I, I also for the record, that's this is not advice. Don't do that. <laughs> don't don't do that, please. Yeah. But yeah, I just don't. I like I, it feels like an attempt to give her an identity that isn't just stat stick, but it doesn't actually successfully give her a new identity to
0: me at least well speaking of elsa's bloodstone a card that died for elsa's sin uh kitty pride was a it was a one zero and said when this returns to your hand plus one power which at the start of each turn it is now a one one so this has been But she couldn't she could be a one two i feel like she could have been you know like, yeah
1: i feel like she could have been too that's what she was before elsa the card nobody plays like i uh, give her back
0: you think they're scared of uh, kitty pride at all Because they're they're very it seems like they're very. Is there a single card that has been
1: changed more than Kitty Pride? I don't think so. Then I'm going to say the answer is yes. Yeah,
0: (laughs) probably. Maybe. Probably the most How many many iterations has Galactus gone through?
1: Uh, Now it's one less because Kitty Pride came out in the original form, right? Was reworked into one, two plus two. Mm. And then she went to uh, one zero plus two. And then she went to one two plus one. And then she went to one zero plus one. And now she's one one plus one.
0: Yeah. I mean, screw the one two. Bring us back to the plus two power days. Oh my like, god, could you imagine? God, oh, I, uh, I loved her so much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. She's been she's been nerfed quite a bit. I, I think the one one stat line, I don't think it's gonna, I don't know if I'll make the chance. I mean, the card is still okay, I guess. Um
1: uh, I think people generally underestimate how good one power is, but also I just don't understand why she couldn't go back to her one two spot that she was in before Elsa. I don't, I don't really get yeah. it.
0: All right. The next one is Ebony Blade, which is attached to Black Knight. It was a four zero beforehand. It's not four zero, and it says ongoing, can't be destroyed, and its power can't be reduced, which that, that's a pretty significant buff. Like, it can't be shang chi it can't be Shadow King. Like, what are you thinking about this? Because the-
1: this is some absolutely batshit text to put on a card. And I, I'm actually pretty excited for what it could mean for the future. Like, just being like, yo, actually, your tech cards, they're not going really real. to get out of here. Yep. Yeah, like I, I, it seems obviously very, very strong, but it kind of also consigns these cards to being two cube wonders, right? Because they know they can't do anything about it. right? <laughs> so they're only ever going to stay in the game if they can go over the top of it, in which case you lose, right? Cards like this have the like... The Shereet Red Skull thing where it's like, oh, well, if they flip that lane, you're fucked. Like if they if they flip that lane, you are very much in trouble. Yeah. And while I think it is probably a little bit easier to uh, deal with a Shereet Red Skull because you can like Shadow King that shit. Right. Like it's the same principle where it's like, okay, so this this card, I like that it says that. But also the fact that it says that the fact that it's just face up, that you can't do anything about it leaves the whole game in your opponent's hands and you're likely going to win a lot of two cubers when it happens. And the deck is still inconsistent enough that sometimes it doesn't happen and you end up in bad situations. Uh, Basically, I think this is exactly the kind of card they can afford to put that kind of text on. Like it's, it's batshit text. Like if they put it on like an actual card, I'd be a lot more annoyed, but this, this is like, I think they very cleverly deployed it in a card that is a lot like, like, yeah, I think this is a good buff. I think it's great. I think this I'm really excited to see to see this like it, it's such a fun little. Uh, attempt at problem solving through brute force, right? Like, imagine if they just changed Loki to be like, yeah, this doesn't work with collector and Quinjet anymore. <laughs> like, if They just like you could do that, right? Like you could just be like, yeah, okay. So it doesn't work with collector and Quinjet anymore. That's that's the card now. Like, hey, hold on now. Wait a minute. I didn't realize you could design that uh in artfully, right? <laughs> they try to be very subtle and artful with a lot of their stuff and th- th- this design is just like yo, fuck subtlety. I know writers who use subtext and they're all cowards.
0: Yeah. Like <laughs> this
1: this is uh th- I I really like this one. I honestly I think it's very fun. It's a massive buff. Um
0: it's really, yeah, it's really interesting because you talked about being a two cube wonder. I feel like we've had a lot of those, a lot of decks that have been two cube wonder decks in theory that have ended up ha- having like very high win rates, and then eventually, yeah. Getting nerfed I mean, well. I
1: do, I do, I do wonder if this could be too strong, but like specifically a two cube wonder in a deck that needs to high roll. Yeah, part of the reason why Hella is so good is because you don't know if they're gonna do it or not. <laughs> That's there's like this ambiguity as to whether or not staying in the game makes sense. And there's no ambiguity when you're looking at a 420, can't be shanked, can't be shadow. <laughs> I think I think that's actually just honestly a very fun little way to buff Black Knight, and I'm glad they did it.
0: Yeah, I feel like uh, like Galactus kind of gave like a similar paradigm where if you got Galactus on turn five or something, it's just like you either have the tech card or you don't, and you lose, and it's just like you leave that game 100% of the time. Right. Players
1: hated that. Except Galactus, like you couldn't just win the other lanes against the Galactus. You know what I mean? I oh, guess that's true. Because <laughs> there yes. weren't any other lanes. Like, that's, that, that's sort of the issue. Like, this is not that level because
0: it, there are two other lanes. You that's why you like, you Sherry can Red something. Skull is, I think, a good, a good parallel to draw. Because Sherry Red Skull is like, you flip that lane, then you win the game, basically. Yeah, you just, you just crush them. All right. Ravona Renslayer was a two one said your cards uh, with one or less power cost one less and they cost a minimum one They can't cost zero uh, was a two one now it is a two three what do you think about this buff
1: Good buff I mean it, it, it I shudder to think that she came out as a freaking three three or three yeah she came out as a three three right I think so. Yeah, okay. she came out as a 3-3, three, three, then went to 2-1, then 2-3. And it's like we could just cut an entire full energy off her and keep her text the same. That's pretty insane. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's pretty crazy
0: that you can do that. That yeah, we mi- they missed a little low on Ravona, I think. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they cut her to the uh, like you said, the superpower number, which is two. Yeah, two, two is OP.
1: Two is exactly where you want your like setup guards to be. Two two
0: is busted. <clears throat> All right, next one, Mindstone. Mindstone was a 1 1, said, Unrevealed, draw two stones from your deck. Now it's a 1 1, says, Unrevealed, draw two 1 cost cards from your deck.
1: Thanos just randomly taking hits. Yeah. Again. <laughs> it's just like yeah. every patch, they're like, what if we made Thanos 1% worse? <laughs> like-
0: yeah. So, I mean, this is. I think that. There might be some people there's I mean you, you can only evaluate this as a nerf, right? This this is can only be evaluated as a nerf because it's just mm-hmm. less consistent. Um yeah, I don't know. Why why is Thanos getting another hit? Oh, they mentioned it the reason why is because they're experimenting with cards that give
1: infinity stones. Oh, okay. And so if you like play a card that puts a random infinity stone in your hand, you get the mind stone. It's like, well, that fucking sucks. Yeah. Unless you change the text of the mind stone a little bit.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean. Not too significant, I guess, in regards to the current metagame, but we'll see how that sort of yeah. how that plays out. I uh, like that's la- all right. Last one we have here is that move cards can't move unrevealed cards anymore in general, uh, except for Juggernaut. Juggernaut can do that. Um, and then we have Arrow, which was is is a five nine says unrevealed. Move the last enemy card uh, played here, played anywhere to this location. So that means if you play Arrow. Um, on turn five you could move their card that was played on turn four I guess if you have well it
1: means arrow is now a completely different card with and without priority yeah yeah exactly like right? that that that's actually the the, the the interesting modality that they added to, to arrow in this, in this patch
0: do you think the card is I- good <sighs> if she's
1: good it's because five nine True. like five and as big as possible without being interactable that's a good that's like that's five beneficial effect as big as possible without being able to be interacted with by your opponent. That's the pitch for this card right now. And I wonder if there's going to be scenarios where it's like, OK, I'd rather play arrow over Legion because five nine versus five seven. I don't exactly think that's super likely because I think the delta between their effects is, is is heavy enough in Legion's favor that you're like, OK, fine, I'll just play Legion instead. Mm-hmm. It's like In a world where you're looking for just like a five drop, I feel like you could do a lot worse than Arrow right now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Well, your thoughts on the patch in general, you think W patch, you happy with the changes? Yes. Yes.
1: I, I think W patch. And I, I say that based entirely on the fact that I can finally make a tier list that Loki isn't <laughs> on the top of. All right. Uh, it, yes, W it, patch.
0: Any places you think that they missed the mark on that you would have potential or any changes that you may have added?
1: Uh, missed the mark in what sense? Like, do you think I think, are you asking if I think any of these changes are bad, or are you asking if I wish they did other stuff? Uh, the latter i think that loki is still probably ultimately due for a rework personally
0: yeah is that is that the ultimate destination for loki because seems like they're very i mean i say seems but they are definitely hesitant to rework that card uh, at this i mean point. i don't think it's like
1: hesitant to rework so much as like all right find me one that makes sense mm-hmm. right like The best reworks I can think of are band-aids, and I think they want to give him an identity, and that requires like actual comprehensive effort, right? They're trying to Spider Man him, not fucking leader him. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they want to take a card that people like, that is a character that people like and maintain his identity without maintaining his toxic ish presence in the metagame, right?
0: They don't want you still want
1: him to be a card, you do not want him to be the mid range killer or whatever the fuck, right? Like, you don't want him to just be this card that, like, restricts mid-range decks from, like, existing. Mm -hmm. You want him to be a card that does stuff. And the way they built him is cool, but ultimately what he does in his current text is say, you know, if you're trying to play efficient threats, fuck off. And that's bad. But, like, his current text is a very good, flavorful expression of the character, right? So you want to find something that maintains that flavor, but doesn't have that mechanical implication on the meta game, and that seems,
0: uh, with all due respect, really goddamn hard. Mm. Yeah, they don't want to America Chavez him. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. What? Like? Yeah, for me, yes. I think uh, if I was going to heavily nerf the card, um, I'd probably give it a good stat line again. Uh, like a three five and then i would mm. make it not reduce cards in the opponent's hand But you would be like that card's terrible and it is that does but sound it, terrible but, to but me. it's novel it's novel enough right because people play howard the Duck. they like these information no, but like cards that,
1: that, that's not that's like that does sound terrible like i you know there's got to be something better than just being like it's can you give it something instead what if, what if instead of reducing cost it buffed the cards
0: <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> how much plus one
1: I don't know but like <laughs> you got it like i just feel like if you just take the reduced cost off of it this really crystallized for me after i talked to McBannerface about mm. it in my like rate the card series i showed him the card and he was like well random cards from your opponent's deck seems pretty bad but minus one energy cheat seems pretty damn good <laughs> it's like oh yeah like it's just one of those things where it's like the only reason the card is good is the energy cheat that's the only reason it's even remotely good. It's because you're getting something more than what you're doing. Right. Like, I just I feel like I feel like that's like a very heavy handed nerf. It's not what I would want to do with the card. And that's why it's so difficult. Mm. Like, that would be Elsa in it. Yeah, that, which would, I think that would be was my answer mistake. to
0: how do you how do you effectively neuter the card? But keep the identity. Yeah. Because that like, would that would keep that, was just, that
1: was a mistake. I just think that was a mistake. I think it was a mistake to Elsa, right? I, I wouldn't want them to Elsa. It. I would mm-hmm. want them to at least try, like I said with Elsa, to give it an identity that is real and effective, but that isn't the mid-range killer. And I want you to read that as a Twitter username. Like that's Loki's Twitter username is like duh underscore mid-range underscore killer.
0: Mm. Well. Let's head into our Ben and Snap, which is our listener question section. And our first question literally was from uh Volume. And they say been saying since Loki I thought
1: you were gonna say it was from the mid range killer. And I was like, okay. I'll say
0: it's from the mid-range killer. Been saying since he came out, Loki needs to lose the cost reduction. Makes him okay but not broken. <laughs> and yeah, it's funny people take too long to notice, but a four fifteen has been too powerful. I'd push back and say it wouldn't make him okay. He'd be he'd be an actively bad card. He'd be but he'd be booty butt cheeks. He'd not be okay. <laughs> I still think he would be novel enough that people he would have the identity right where it's like there are players that do value the information that you get from those type of cards more than others, whether incorrect or correct. And you still would get to see most of the cards that your opponent could be drawing or could have or could, that are in their see, deck. I think if you gave him that ability, you'd want to make him like a five nine. That's what I'm and talking. And then about the pitch that. for him, mm.
1: the pitch for him would then be you do Quinjet into five nine. Yes. And that would be the pitch. Right. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if five nine like the the issue is the bigger you make him like maybe you make him like you give him that ability as a four seven. Like I but then if you do it as four it's a Zabu card. Right. And Mm -hmm. so you end up in this weird spot where it's like where is it actually okay to give him that ability because you want him if you're going to give him an ability that's actively that bad you want him to have a big body. Not just like a big body for the curve, or for the for the for the cost, you wanted to have a big body because he's going to be the last of your cards you play, and so fitting him in at four or five seems pretty difficult if his effect is bad. Is kind of where I'm going with this.
0: Mm -hmm. Makes sense.
1: I would be at least a little bit compelled by five nine that ability.
0: Yeah, that that's where I mean that's where I would take it in. If we if we did take away the cost reduction, it would make his stat line. Above curve, above curve for yeah,
1: sure. Yeah, like 5-9, but it can't just be above curve. It has to be big. It has to be potentially lane winning and hopefully mm. not shang right? Like, mm. it's got to be a big actual threat if you're going to make his ability actively bad.
0: Yeah, it's so funny because when we talk about being not shang you usually have to go below, below the 5-cost slot in order yeah. to get that because if you're at or if you're at 5 and you're below shang you're on you're somewhat not above rate, but then if you go to 4 you hit zabu and you're being reduced mm-hmm. and it's like yeah the cascading yep. issues anyway next one James Kimo Williams they say quick thought is blob blob and Thanos with a, K- a Koye. more cards more targets to eat otherwise i don't know
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that kind of rips actually <laughs> i like that that's cute i'm into it
0: yeah well i was wondering about blob <laughs> in regards to America Chavez like initially like because it, yeah. gives, it, it would, would have given the card that consistent floor uh, most of the time, but now that it's been reworked, does Blob get like, significantly worse because there's w- much more RNG associated with the card?
1: Uh, I think Blob gets significantly worse, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Next one. Dustin Zor, they say, with the removal of America Chavez, have you tried any Chavez replacements such as Crystal or Adam Warlock for decks that really only want 11 cards? Chavez is broken because she did her thing without costing energy or space on the board. Do you think that there should be a cantrip card um, as a tool for linear combo decks or is not drawing cards on curve just the new normal, effectively weakening those strategies?
1: Yes. Uh, In order no i would not try adam warlock and crystal for those decks yes the reason chavez was strong is because she was mostly a free roll and yes that is the new normal in order in order in in, it to those questions yes
0: yep (laughs) i mean i'm i'm i don't know if like it's a i mean it probably is a good change but for the way that I like to interface with the game and the decks that I was liking, I really enjoyed America Chavez, like thinning the deck a bit and then having more consistent strategies, whether that was ultimately toxic for the game is like a whole other conversation that's beyond the scope of, you know, what I could say in an unbiased, in an unbiased state, but yeah. I do Wait, think- hold on. I'm kind of interesting. Uh, now I want to know.
1: Don't, give, me, give me your biased take then. What's my bias take is that I enjoy yeah.
0: I enjoyed synergistic combo decks, and I thought that America Chavez made those decks more interesting. I liked having the reduced variance in the deck right. itself, but maybe it's because when I had America Chavez in my deck and when my opponent didn't, I had a significant advantage, even though my opponent maybe didn't appreciate right. the advantage I was getting off of Chavez. Because for a while, yeah. for a, for a long time, actually, maybe even up until Chavez was changed... I mean, there was people that would play combo decks, synergistic decks, and they would not put Chavez in there because they saw the card as dead. It did nothing. And that the math was not good enough in order to put it into your deck because you had this card that effectively didn't really do anything in it. And some people did also perceive that when you drew it on turn six, it was effectively negating you out of your turn six draw, where you could have drawn your out to win the game. Um, so they didn't play. And it gave you, as the person playing Chavez, a significant advantage, and it made your gotcha. deck much more consistent. So if like you were playing a bounce deck and you're building it around, um, you know, something like Kitty pride, you could find that kitty much earlier. And that was fun. I liked that, but ultimately it may have just been bad for the game.
1: I suspect it was just a little bit bad for the game. And no, I don't think they should release cycle cards. I think that would be dumb. They should release cards that matter, not cards that just let you play 11 cards. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is like very straightforward to me where it's like, when you look at this game, what should happen is you should play
0: cards that matter, not cards that just mean that your deck is smaller. (laughs) Yeah. All right, next one is from Bozo. They say, even after a one-cost nerf, Loki is still a Sarah deck that costs one less, has one more power, and reduces lower than one cost minimum. Seems like in order to be favored against Loki, you have to play a deck that doesn't want uh, to play that version of Sarah. Very few decks fill that quality.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, Loki, Loki is the mid range killer that that's that's the thing he does. Right. But. I think the other way to be favored against Loki is just like. Make them less likely to draw the cards in their deck that are good in as much as Loki, the card is good. A lot of its deck is devoted to setup and payoff, right? Mm. You need a bunch of cards in your hand for the Loki to be good. So you're playing a lot of air. And that means that, like right now, there are basically three cards that can actually win the game in any Loki deck. They are, you know, of course, Loki itself, Werewolf and Collector. And that's it. And so if you can impact their draws such that they can't do these things, especially without Chavez now, the deck is, I think, on a fundamental level, pretty fragile. And I think that is a, a real weakness that it has. Mm.
0: What are your thoughts on Sarah and the future of Sarah? So you notice how the Bearcock decks aren't playing like Shang-Chi
1: and Enchantress right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And a lot of that is because it's very easy to dodge them. I, I, I think that Sarah is one of those decks where it's like, this has never been as good as people thought it was. And right now is a bad time for it as well.
0: Yeah. So uh, Sarah, like Sarah the times,
1: the times when you want to play Sarah, are when your opponent is walking into tech. And so there are going to be metagames where like every deck is just sleepwalking into just tech, right? That's going to happen some of the time. But it likely won't happen as much as you think.
0: Yeah. I mean, Sarah gets worse with the Chavez nerf, right? How do you mean? Don't you want to draw Sarah, Sarah more consistently? You can play 5
1: I didn't play Chavez and Sarah.
0: Yeah, I played it back in the day. It was just of- like a Lambie thing. Only yeah. Lambie did that. I didn't do that. Yeah, I mean Sarah's an interesting card. It's I think you're right though that the Sarah tech deck is really the only Sarah deck, I guess, in the sense that the Sarah points. Yeah, ever deck since is- they ever
1: since the Hit Monkey hit, right? It's the Sarah's another reason why two is busted because Sarahing something that costs two cuts its cost in half, but Sarahing something that costs three only reduces it by thirty three percent, like. Uh, like like, if you're going to play in a Sarah deck, that's the other case where costing two is super, super, super busted. And so since Hitmonkey, I just don't think it's been a real deck.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So I want to say thank you to all, everybody who left us a comment on last week's YouTube video. If you want to get yours read out, your question or statement, you can choose a comment yeah, on YouTube. Yeah,
1: hold on. People have asked in the Discord, uh, how do I get my question read out on the podcast? You should do a section in the Discord for podcast questions. And I would like to inform you. That the section in the Discord for podcast questions is the YouTube
0: comments on this video. Yep. So hit us up there, and we'll get you queued up. And we do appreciate everybody that does interact on there; it actually does help a lot. All right, Cam. <clears throat> We've had a lot of talk about with the patch. Mm. We had good questions, so let's hit the meta real quick. Um, I'll just I'll start off with the deck that you have listed here: the Annihilus deck. Yeah, right. and it is the Hood, Spider-Man, Korg, Nico. Uh Black Widow, Shadow King, Rockside, Werewolf, Beast, Darkhawk, Sentry, Annihilus. So just talk to me about what this deck's trying to do and why you think it is the best deck in the metagame <laughs> This is this is the deck, right? That was created this by is the, the deck Jarvis builder. deck. Yeah. Yeah. The yep. Jarvis deck. All right. So
1: the main thing I did when I hit Infinite was like, all right, it's time to stop playing Sebastian Shaw decks. Let's get fucking real uh i thought about the three bounce decks because i have long considered a bounce to be equal to dark hawk bounce and and uh, very very compelling right so i was like okay loki dark hawk bounce Annihilus bounce which of these has hurt the most and which of these has hurt the least by losing chavez and so i was like all right annihilist bounce is the one that like actually has cards that it wants to draw right on turn six the other deck's they don't give a fuck. Like they those two other Dark Hawk Bounce and Loki loved having Chavez. Annihilus bounce, it was like, okay, sometimes this is actually bad. I will also say that I didn't come up with mixing them together until the robot showed me the way. And then once I saw the deck, I was like, oh, this is actually just doing the thing I was trying to do with Annihilus Bounce, but better. Because I, I had like a, you know, I added like an Iceman or whatever. And the, the deck builder realized you can just add a Korg and a Darkhawk, my brother. <laughs> like You can just <laughs> you can just put a Korg and a Dark Hawk in there. That's better, dude. And I think that that uh, it's like fundamentally, this is like what, two or three cards off what I was already doing. Like, I also think that, like, you could very easily just drop Rock Slide for Falcon if you wanted to, too. And then it would be literally just two cards off from what I was doing with the Annihilus Bounce deck. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, I forgot. These actually hybridize with each other very well because they're like nine out of ten the same card, <laughs> like ten of they're on like ten of the same cards. And uh, yeah, so it's like not like the biggest jump in the world. But now that we don't have Chavez, we want a deck that actually has cards that it wants to draw on the final turn of the game in it. Right. And so I think that's that's really fundamentally where this comes from. And uh, the Spider-Ham is just deference to the fact that, like, if I talk about this deck enough, I'm going to have to play against it. And that means the Spider-Ham is really good because turning off your opponents annihilus is Omega busted.
0: Yeah. How do you feel like it's currently positioned in the metagame? What are its... Uh, I think it's the best deck in the metagame. What are its good matchups? Well, what are some Everything. bad matchups then? I wish I knew. I have no idea. Uh, like some
1: some... Like uh, I, I checked on untapped and post infinite. This is the deck with the highest rate that has more than 500 games played more. It, it ha- and for the record, it has 1500 games played after infinite and a 60% win rate. Fifteen 1,
0: hundred games. <laughs> like, it is bruising dude all right well then let's extrapolate from that so say everybody picks up this deck you queue i don't know if it's already happening but let's say you queue up today and you're running into mono mirrors uh what would you potentially change i have no idea
1: i think this deck is i think one of the things you could do is be like okay i think the dark hawk stuff sucks and let's run tech because you know what's really good against this deck is like you shang chi your opponent's century that's a that's a damn good play to make. Right. Uh, I, there's other there's other stuff like just, you know, blocking the century send over how to play stuff like this. This deck is a very hard deck to play, and I, I don't think it will get easier. But like, I I can't tell you, like in my like little group chat with all with a bunch of high, you players, players, uh, the ones that are playing it keep saying like, yeah, this is completely insane. And then the ones that aren't playing this, like I got a message from cleanup. That was just like, I can't beat this crap. I just <laughs> they just blanked three of my draws and then put a ton of power on the board. Like, and that's 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 gratifying to me. <laughs> that's what I live for. This <laughs> cleanup has made me feel that way so many times. And so mm. like, like, like like seeing seeing a bunch of really good players take it and be like, yep, you're right about this. And, and then a bunch of other really good players try to beat it and be like, oh, God, I can't do it. Yeah, no, I, I feel I'm very happy. Mm-hmm. i'm very happy this is a good feeling it's been a while since i felt this because it's just been loki for fucking ever right
0: <laughs> it's yeah. been a
1: while since really i've been has, able to so be yeah. like yo guys we actually have something here yeah it really right.
0: so shout out to jarvis yeah that's a, it's a re- good endorse it's quite the endorsement for the deck ball. like you said we'll, we'll put it out of our mind that you know all the other builds might have been terrible but it did i will say apparently
1: Torakun played this deck before chavez rotated out and he was like, yo, I did that. And I was like, Tori, you, you realize it was bad before Chavez rotated? And he's like, shut up, man. I know. <laughs> like, it's like, it's not an original concept. It's just like the timing is right for it. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much uh, for listening to this week's podcast. If you want to help us out, the number one thing you can do is leave us a review on ratethispodcast.com dot com slash snapshot and go to. Spotify, which it will be there this week, or Apple Podcasts. Um, it helps so, so, so much. This video version of this on YouTube, <laughs> youtube.com slash at the underscore snapshot. Hit the subscribe, like, shoot that comment if you want to get read right out. Um, and Twitter is CamBestMS, APG. Cam is streaming in the evenings. Yeah. In the- it'd be it'd be so funny if you uploaded the 11-second clip again. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll tell you, it would not be funny because it was actually such a pain in the ass. You know how me like... Like, how many times I had to check where it was like, because it, it also messed up on Apple Podcasts. And I was like, people are like, oh, it's still the 11 seconds. And I'm like, I mean, I changed it like five hours ago. And I go, and it looks fine. And it's just like, oh, they're they're cached on a mobile app. I don't even know how to fix mm. that. <laughs> like, so it's like, oh, I guess that's, yeah. your, that's your episode this week is, is the music. Uh, but yeah,
1: I, I'm streaming the evenings. I, uh, I, I don't know. I didn't mention this at all. I withdrew from Conquerors to uh, get more diverse contestants in there. Uh, But I'm still going to be prepping with Moyen. So actually, I think for the next few days, streams might be a little bit earlier because he is in Europe and I don't want to make him stay up until two in the morning. (laughs) So the uh, streams might end up being a little bit earlier. I'm going to be helping Moyen prep. I consider Moyen, you know, the best snap player in the world, despite the fact that he hasn't played since he last showed up for three days and won a tournament. Um, So hopefully we can get him all prepped. And uh, one thing I am I am worried about though is yeah, I I I think he might not have this deck in his in his roster because mm. if I if I'm not mistaken deck building has already taken place for uh for the, for the 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 contest and I I don't know if this deck was out there at the time but hopefully no one else should have it either so maybe it'll be fine
0: yeah uh, Moyan is. It's quite the little f- the phenom. Right? It's just like every single card oh, game. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, he's quite uh, good. He's, he's, he's uh chef premier. But I, uh, yeah, I, I'll t- be I'll
1: be I'll be helping him. We're gonna we're gonna probably do that. Like thirty minutes after recording, will probably be the first Moyen mm-hmm. duo. So
0: I tried to get him to go to Flesh and Blood Worlds this past time. We were gonna give him a pti and let him come stay at the Airbnb, and he almost did. Uh, I would have been. Dude, super let me do
1: that next time. <laughs> I want I want to play some Fab. Some Fab.
0: Yeah, yeah well, I do, actually.
1: We have Pro I want to wanna at least, Pro Tour at least Los get interested.
0: In. Yeah, Pro Tour Los Angeles is the next one, so it's actually pretty close. After that, it's Amsterdam, and then we don't know where Worlds is. So. Gotcha. It's close to LA. We'll see you there. But anyway, thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week.